Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we talk to two young African players based in Europe. South Africa national team midfielder Keegan Dolly tells us about life at Montpellier in France, and says that he hopes that more South Africans can make it to Europe. The spotlight is on us, and I think um, with us now, the few that's playing in Europe, we have the chance to change the whole perception of South Africans. Also, we speak to Ghana hotshot Raphael Dwamena, who plays for FC Zurich in Switzerland. Dwamena recently made his debut for the Black Stars, scoring twice in a Nations Cup qualifier, but he wasn't expecting to get his chance so soon. No, I was I was surprised in a way. Even though I knew I was I was scoring goals in Switzerland, but I, I didn't imagine myself being called. Well, that's coming up later, but first, a quick look at the CAF Champions League as the group stage ends this weekend. And here in Harare last weekend, Caps United of Zimbabwe pulled off another giant killing act, beating five-time champions Zamalek of Egypt 3-1. I couldn't believe it as Caps had only one win from four games in the group going into the match, but they attacked and attacked and were rewarded. Caps will qualify if they win away to USM Alger in Algeria on Sunday, but it will be very difficult. Zamalek host Al-Ahli Tripoli of Libya. All four teams can still qualify. Defending champions Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa went through to the quarterfinals, getting out of the group of death along with Esperance of Tunisia, while AS Vita of the DRC went out. In Group A, Tunisia's Etoile du Sahel are through. It'll be a very tight finish in Group D, as leaders Zanako of Zambia were held nil-nil at home by eight-time champions Al-Ahli of Egypt, and Morocco's Widad Casablanca got back into contention in the group with an away win over Cameroon's Cotton Spore. More on the Champions League next week. Well, now let's focus on South African football and hear from Bafana Bafana national team midfielder Keegan Dolly. Dolly played at the Rio Olympics last year. Actually, I first heard of him two years back when he came here to Harare for an Olympic qualifier against Zimbabwe, and he was superb, ensuring that South Africa knocked out Zimbabwe. A year ago, Dolly moved from Mamelodi Sundowns to Montpellier in France's Ligue One. He didn't get a lot of game time there last season, but also has graduated to South Africa's national team, making four appearances for Bafana Bafana. Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji asked Keegan Dolly about the differences between football in South Africa and in France. The intensity is, is higher than what I was used to in the PSL, you know, back in South Africa. And I think it's more physical, you know, and yeah, the game is more faster. Your, your decision making on the ball has to be quicker and you, you, you need to know what to do when you're on the ball. You know, there's no space to play with with. South Africans, there's a bit more space and in France, you know, there's no space for you to play and I think um, it helped me a lot, you know, uh, my decision making is more, more, more quicker now and I'm more decisive, you know, on the ball. When you look at um, life in South Africa and life in, in France, it's quite difficult. You speak a different language, different food and all that. How are you adjusting to life there? Yeah, look, um, when, I, when I was 12, I went to a boarding school, you know, and I left, I moved away from my family. 
and then I, I went to Cape Town as well. I, I moved further away from my family, you know. I think that that prepared me for this, you know. So I'm, I'm used to being alone on my own, you know. I, I've learned to deal with things on my own. And, yeah, um, I knew that it, it wasn't going to be easy with me going to France. I knew that it's going to be difficult. But I think um, I told myself I, I, I just need to work hard and, you know, sacrifice because I think that's the most important thing in football if you want to succeed, you know. I look up to, you know, the players who did it in the past, like Steven Pinar. He's been in Europe for the past um, 10, 11 years, you know. And I just take uh, courage from them, you know. And I just try to do my best so that I can open doors for other uh, South African football players. You mentioned something about looking up to the ones before you, the likes of um, Pina and the rest of them. The mentality amongst Africans is that South African players don't have the strength and mental strength to succeed in Europe. Only few of them only stay to play professionally in Europe. How true is that? No, I don't think it's it's South Africans as per se, you know. It's to do with all footballers. If you're not mental, strong, if your mentality isn't right, you won't succeed anyway, you know, and that goes for life as well. You need to be prepared for challenges. And I think um, with South Africa, we, we tend to be complacent, you know, we tend to enjoy at home, you know, we, 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 we're living at home, you know, the, the spotlight is on us. And I think um, with us now, the few that's playing in Europe, we have the chance to change the whole perception of South Africans. And I think um, if we do well, you know, we encourage the other youngsters the same way we, we were encouraged by the, the people who did it before us. But I think um, with the new generation, I think we, we, we're ready to change the whole mindset of South Africans not being mental strong, you know. It's for us to work hard and, you know, prove to the, the people in Europe that there's more players in South Africa that can make it. When you look at the South African national team now, you are in Europe, like you mentioned. We have Rati also playing, he's been in England and now he's in Turkey and many other players. Does that help South African football in a way, talking about Bafana to start with, knowing fully whether some of you are not just local PSL stars any longer, we are playing in Europe now? Yeah, look, um, you know what's also helping us in South Africa, you know, the Champions League. We, we, we get to play against, uh, you know, the, the Egyptians, the Nigerians, and that gives us international experience, you know, because um, when you stay in, in, in the PSL, you don't get the experience you need to, to go and, and challenge for, for major tournaments and trophies, you know. And I think with us that, that are playing in Europe, we can come back and, and, and share our experiences with the players that still in South Africa and, you know, just try and encourage them and build the confidence of the team. And, you know, it, I think it, it helps us a lot. What have you learned in France in terms of language? What phrases have you learned and what do you know? What, how do you order food and what do you do? Hey, the food story. Um, when I go to the restaurant, I just ask if they, they speak English, par, parle français or parle anglais, you know, and I know bonjour, bonsoir, uh, ça va, ça va et toi. A few important things that I picked up, you know, like on the field, à gauche, droite, you know. Yeah. So I oh, picked up, yeah. yeah. How important is it for South Africa to actually qualify for AFCON in 2019 and possibly for the next World Cup? It's, it's very important, you know, because um, if you can look at our under-17s, our under-20s, our under-23s, we, we're qualifying for the major tournaments. The under-20s come from the World Cup, the under-17s play the World Cup. I went to the Olympics with the under-23s and I think um, with, with that, you know, we, we need to take it to the, the, the first team and we need to qualify for, for major tournaments because it's been a while since we, we, we played a World Cup or uh, AFCON, you know, so it's, it's very important going forward now 
and for the future of South African football because I think with with these major tournaments that the under-20s and under-23s are playing, there's lots of talent that can come and break into the, the, the first team of Bafana. That's South Africa national team midfielder Keegan Dolly, who's 24 years old and plays for Montpellier in France, talking there to Oluwashina Okaleji. Well, I spoke to Solomon Ashams, who's based in South Africa, and we looked at the idea that some would say that South Africa is a very comfortable league to play in, so there's not so much urgency for players there to move to Europe. Now, in his answer here, Solomon refers to three racial groups of South Africa. That's black, white and coloured. Coloured meaning mixed race. Yes, Steve, that's uh, very true. There's no so much um, urgency for players uh, from South Africa to move overseas. Over the years, we've seen a few of them going overseas and, and doing so well. But for you to understand why there's no sense of urgency in these players, you actually first have to categorize the players into their different uh, racial identity. You know, hard to say it and difficult to say it, but, you know, you have white players, you have colored players, and then you have black players. Now, with, with white players, they're not so gifted easily, like the colored or the black players, but they... They start at a very young age and they get opportunities. They, they, they do want to move overseas. You know, we have players like Eric Tinkler and uh, Mark Fish, who played for Lazio and also played for uh, Charlton Athletic and Bolton Wanderers. So so we, we have that kind of players. And then we have the players who are colored players. Uh, now, Stephen Pinar, who played for, for Everton and Bruce Dortmund, falls into that category, also played for Tottenham. And we also have Benny McCarthy, uh, you know, who played for Porto and who also came and plays for West Ham and, and played in England. And we also have Sean Bartlett, uh, who played for Charlton Athletic, a great striker. They are colored players. And we have now black players and, and just a few of them. We have players like uh, Dr. Kumalo, who just went to Argentina for a season, played for Boca Juniors. We have uh, Lucas Radebe. And if you look at all that, I think some of the most successful South African players had been players from colored communities. Coming out from colored communities are really tough there. There's gangsterism, there's a lot of social challenges, so you want to compete. And also as kids, they, they always follow international English football because of their parents. Traditionally, they follow Liverpool or Manchester United. So there's a dream and you want to get out of your community. You want to go overseas. The dream is always to play for an European club, not just a local club. And for the black players, it's normally... You know, you want to play for either Kaiser Chiefs, Orlando Pirates, or Mamelodi Sundowns. That's always the vision. So once you get to play for Mamelodi Sundowns or Orlando Pirates or Kaiser Chiefs in front of 60,000 fans, 40,000 fans, wow, that is just it. That's your dream. So the, the, the dream for a black player playing overseas and playing in the European Champions League, uh, playing in the German Bundesliga, La Liga, or uh, playing in the English Premier League is not always a big dream for them. So they tend to get a good club, play well, and they get paid very well. South African clubs pay very well compared to a lot of European you know, football clubs, uh, you know, in different countries in Europe, they, 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 they pay very well. You know, that's why you get some South African players 
going to Europe and coming back on loan for a season in South Africa because the clubs could afford it. So there's no sense of urgency on the players. And I think because of the main thing is because their vision, unlike other players from West Africa, the vision is to play in the European Champions League. The vision is to be a top you know, player playing in Europe and coming back home and playing for your national team. There's, you don't see that. And, and somebody like Keegan Dolly definitely is, is one of the players that, that definitely, you know, coming through uh, from a colored community from Cape Town and having that vision, playing for Sundowns where he won the uh, Africa Champions League, but still it wasn't enough for him. You know, he moved to Montpellier in France. Uh, it shows a whole lot of vision. So I think there needs to be a sense of urgency where players leave home as early as possible, you know, in your early 20s, not when you're 26 or 28. That's, that's too late. And if you really want to be a top class player you know you have to go to europe and we need to see more south african players getting out of that comfort zone uh, where everything is okay uh, and and saying look i want to play at the top of my game that way we're going to see bafana bafana doing very well also Sure. Well, thanks a lot to Solomon. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, our interview with 21-year-old Ghana national team striker Rafael Duamena. Well, you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Then you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programmes too in our archive. Also, you can listen to the show on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com, and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. Well, now we turn to social media, and last week we analysed Cameroon's group stage exit at the FIFA Confederations Cup. The Indomitable Lions had one draw and two defeats, scoring two goals and conceding six. But they were in a tough group with Germany, Chile and Australia. So we asked for your assessment of their performance. We'll start with listeners in Cameroon. And Sonny Armstrong says Cameroon's performance was poor. The coach Hugo Bruce counted on a few individual talents, which didn't work as it did during the Nations Cup. He was limited in his tactics. It wasn't a good image for African football as a whole. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give him a 3, says Nsonyi. But it is still a youthful team for which most of the players were playing in their first global tournament. I hope they bounce back fast for the World Cup qualifiers, says Nsonyi. Donald, also in Cameroon, agrees about the coach's tactics, saying Cameroon gave all they could, but it was not enough. For me, the coach got it wrong with his tactics and team selection. Gemo is a Cameroonian living in the USA, and Gemo says Cameroon's performance in Russia was average. I think the players don't have the mindset and the confidence to compete. There are lots of areas that need improvement, but I will say it's a good experience for the Indomitable Lions and they'll be more prepared for the World Cup. I should add there that Cameroon, of course, haven't qualified yet for the 2018 World Cup. The qualifiers are still on. To the Gambia now, and Francis Tucker agrees that Cameroon were placed in a very tough group, as does Amadou Torai, who says, I think they gave a good performance because against Chile in the first game they played well and deserved to get a point. Same thing with Australia when they should have won, and I think they've got a lot to learn from their mistakes and they can move on in the right direction, and I'm proud of them, says Amadou. But Khalifa Sanyang in China wasn't impressed by the indomitable Lions. 
As African champions, we expected them to do more than finishing bottom of the group, says Khalifa. It was not a good performance at all. Lansanar Barrow in the Gambia says, to be frank, the group stage exit does not surprise me at all. Individually, Africans are good, but when it comes to collective football, that's the problem. That's why we never make a mark in international football, says Lansana. Desmond Tundekoka in Sierra Leone thinks that Cameroon's results were affected by other factors. I think they performed poorly as expected, but that the referees didn't help them with bad judgment, says Desmond. To Karamba Dabo in the Gambia, and Karamba says that, well, their performance to me is not bad because they lack two things in their team, poor defending and goal scorers. Despite being in a tough group, the goals they conceded were too much, says Karamba. In my opinion, they should try and improve more on defending and get more goals. And Emmanuel, also in the Gambia, sees another reason for Cameroon's disappointing performance. I believe they couldn't have a better coach at this time, says Emmanuel, but the team has a lack of finishing. Lamine Cham is in Brazzaville in Congo. Lamine says, for me, the African champions lacked organisation. It was hard to understand the framework of play that they were using. And finally, Dawood has seen Chelsea Cisse in the Gambia, says their performance was absolutely poor. I was expecting them to go to the semi-finals, but they just played nicely without any execution of goals. Thanks very much for all of those comments. Always great to hear from you. And it was, of course, Germany who won the Confederations Cup, beating Chile in the final. Stuart Weir joins us from the UK now. And Stuart, considering that Germany didn't have their strongest side, they look to be on another level in world football right now. Well, Steve, you know, it's what the former England striker Gary Lineker always says, you know, football's a game of 90 minutes, 22 players play, and at the end, Germany wins. And you just have to look at their consistency. Look at the World Cup, you know, winners in 2014, semi-finalists in 2010, 2006, runners-up 2002, been in the top four of the European Championship for the last three times. You know, they just are so consistent. And the amazing thing about the team that won the Confederations Cup is that 16 of their 22 players were under 25. And I think that one of the secrets of German football is that they are willing to give young players a chance. I mean, the captain of that team was Julian Drexler. He's 23 and he's already played 35 times. There's Benjamin Hendricks. He's only 20. He's already played three times. Nicholas Sula. 21, and he's got six caps. Julian Brandt, similarly 21, got 10 caps. And I think that one of the secrets of the German team is that they're willing to take a risk with young players. You know, if you go back to 2009, Germany beat England in the final of the under-21s. And in that German team, there was Manuel Neuer, Jerome Botang, Mats Hummel, Sami Khedira, and Mesut Ozil, five players who've gone on to have great careers in the German national team. Look at the England team. James Milner and Theo Walcott are the only ones, and neither of those have really been standout players. Somehow the Germans seem to find their young players, have confidence in them, and develop them. And, you know, another thing about Germany is they had 43 players playing in the national team in the last year, and 30 of them played club football in Germany. You know... That's such an advantage because if you want your players to get together for a day or for a weekend, 
they're just traveling in the country. You know, if Nigeria want to get their squad together, they're all over the world. You just don't have that. And the other thing is the consistency of the management. Joachim Löw, the German manager, was the assistant manager from 2004 to 2006 and has been the manager since 2006. You know, that's such consistency of selection, tactics, policy. You know, during the time that Löw has been the manager of Germany, England have had seven different managers, and that says an awful lot. And I think the question that I was asking myself, you know, what can Africans learn from the German model? And I think one thing is to believe in youth and to give the young players a chance and also to give the manager time to develop his strategy. But in some ways, it is very hard for an African team to replicate things like all the players being based in their country, no traveling time. And I think that is something that you have to accept will not work for Africans. But I do think those two things about just believing in young players, giving them a chance and sticking with them, and also giving the manager a chance to develop and not simply say, oh, you did failed in that competition, so we're attacking you. Yes, some lessons that Africa can learn from Germany. Thanks a lot, Stuart. Well, this week on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking, what role do you think that young players have in national teams? We just heard there from Stuart how Germany won the Confederations Cup with a young squad. We heard earlier from young South Africa national team midfielder Keegan Dolly. And coming up shortly, 21-year-old Ghana striker Raphael Duamena. Well, what role do you feel that young players have in a national team? Are the more experienced players safer options or do the youngsters take you further? Give us your thoughts on Facebook. Our page is Planet Sport Football Africa or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. What role do you think that young players have in national teams? We're now to our interview with Ghana hotshot Raphael Duamena, who plays for FC Zurich in Switzerland. He scored twelve goals in eighteen games as he helped them to win the league this past season. Before that, Duamena, who's twenty one, was in Austria. He recently made his debut for the Black Stars, scoring twice in a Nations Cup qualifier against Ethiopia. Dwemena is a follower of Jesus Christ, and Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint spoke to him about his football and his faith, and first asked Dwemena if he was expecting a call-up to the national team. No, I was, I was surprised in a way. Even though I knew I was, I was scoring goals in Switzerland, but I, I didn't imagine myself being called into the national team, like for now, I was thinking maybe in the last, in the next, in the next two years, if, if I keep, if I play in maybe in the top league, maybe they'll they'll call me again. But I wasn't expecting this call up right now, to be honest. You've just made your debut against Ethiopia, which was special. How good was that, just to pull on the shirt and represent Ghana for the first time? Well, like it was like full of joy. I wasn't, I I I wasn't even to cry, you know, when the national anthem was started. Playing, I always dreamt of wearing the national colors. You know, as a young player, you always dream playing for your national team. But I know I thought, it, you know, it will go so, it will go so, things will happen so fast for me. But uh, I was really, I was really happy that day, seeing all this crowd. And you know, before the game, people were like, "Yes, we have a new striker, a 
days, and you know we played some friendly games before before the before the game actually. In our training session, people were like, "Yes, I think Rafael is the one." You know how how much is it? You know, like it feels like a lot of pressure on you when people are like, "Yes, it's only you. We're depending on you. You are the new kid." Days and you know, you know, I had to just go into my room, just you know, ask the Lord, please have your way in me. Whether I'll play good or whether I'll play bad, whether I'll play whatever it is, just have your way in me, Lord. And uh, on the field, the Lord, the Lord demonstrated what, what, what He's capable of doing. Even though I didn't play what I, I, I know I can play sometimes. You know, sometimes I play better. Sometimes, you know, you play much better. But He gave me two goals that uh, it's only Him. I mean, it was just some goals, just mistakes from the goalkeeper, you know. You know, this it's all grace. It's all grace, and I just had to look up and uh, just say thank you, Lord. I mean, because your first game, your first debut, oh, bro, it was it was it was amazing. Scoring two goals, that was very good. You talk very openly about being a follower of Christ. Why does he mean so much to you? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's very for me. It's very simple because I think after after football, I still have life and. I always, I always say that the most important thing in my life right now is the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because at the end of my life, I'll, I'll definitely meet him. And there's eternity waiting for me. And I have to, I have to focus more on him than anything else. So my relationship with him, um, I take it really seriously. I don't, I don't think about football like, like the way I, I think about eternity, where I'll spend eternity. I really take, I really take my relationship with him seriously. And, uh, Day in and day out, I'm just thinking about eternity. Where I would die when I spend eternity. So when that when that is my head, uh, it makes me more get closer to day in and day out. And uh, he's been he's been there for me from day one, you know. And and uh, I'm really grateful to the Lord Jesus. Life is about to say that it's not about my football career because my football career has saved me the number of goals, the number of awards I've won will not save me on that day. It's just the Lord who will save me. So I have to take him very seriously. He took me really seriously when he died for me on the cross, so I had to do the same thing. You're a young man making some big waves in the game. So what? when you look forward, what's your ultimate ambition? Is there a team that you dream of playing for one day? To be honest, when I was young, I was thinking, yes, I want to play this. When I was growing up, I want to play this. But right now, I don't have all these kind of stuff in my head. Uh, I'm just focused on, on the next game. Right now, the most important thing to me. But at first, I remember... I could watch like Ronaldo when I was young. He'd be my favorite player. I could watch him his videos. Even when he do not score, I cannot even eat. But you know, when I was growing, when I was understanding more about life, uh, you know, I, I dropped all those kind of stuffs and uh, I had to focus on my life basically. So to be honest, I don't have any club like in mind. Okay, I want to play Real Madrid in the next year or two years. Even though it might sound stupid in the, in the ears of some people. But right now I'm just taking on step by step every game. I take every game very seriously, and uh, um, I believe the Lord will lead me um, where He wants me to go. What advice would you give to young footballers out there who want to play for Ghana and make it as a professional footballer? You've done it. What advice would you give to them? Uh, first, you have to take your relationship to the Lord seriously and uh, being humble. Because um, sometimes being a young player, when you when you are the wonder kid out there and everybody's mentioning your name, sometimes you get all the applause and you forget you forget yourself. You think uh, you you don't need no advice or something like that. So humbleness and having the passion for whatever you're doing and uh, 
your relationship with them know you have to take it more seriously than living the football career. You know, sometimes when it's, when everything is going good, it's uh, it's always it's always easy to praise God, you know. But when sometimes you're being hit by by some distractions and all this kind of stuff, there your faith is being really like tested. There you have to put your faith really in God. I mean, when the things are really tough. There you can say, I still believe in you, Lord. I, I know you can do it. I know you will have a way for me. Last year was really tough for me, but uh, thank God um, I found my way once again, and, and he's really doing great things in my life. Scoring goals, sometimes I'm like, God, this is just you. I mean, only you can make this possible because I'm not that clinical finisher like you want. But, you know, right now things are going well. People think, yes, Rafael trains hard. Buffer is a good player in this, but I always tell them, you know, it has nothing to do with hard work. It has everything to do with grace. So I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful, bro. I, can, I cannot explain how I'm feeling right now, but I'm really grateful to, to God. That is Ghana national team striker Rafael Dwemena speaking there to Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint. Well, that's it for the show for this week. But on Facebook and on WhatsApp, we're asking, what role do you think that young players have in national teams? Dwemena scored twice recently on his debut for the Black Stars. So will youngsters take you far or are the more experienced players a safer bet? Send us your thoughts on WhatsApp plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero, or log on to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.